Good afternoon, everyone. We just continue to go through peaks and valleys in the world of New York journalism. And it continues on the update this Wednesday. Rochelle Boone, the award-winning reporter and anchor for New York One, has died after battling pancreatic cancer over the past year. Uh, We'll have the latest details. A federal judge in this city has ruled that the evidence, it shows that a company whose aftermarket uh, triggers can make as semi-automatic AR-15 style rifles, uh, fire like automatic weapons, fraudulently misled consumers that these devices were legal. The Mets and the Yankees, both technically, are still in the playoff hunt. Pete Alonso hit his 42nd home run of the year. Brandon Nimmo went deep twice to back a sharp outing by Jose Quintana, and the Mets thumped the Nationals. And a new book about the president portrays him as someone whose middle-class upbringing helped foster resentment of intellectual elitism that shaped his political career and sometimes caused strain with his one-time boss, Harvard-educated Barack Obama. This is the update on our season finale, Wednesday, September the 6th, 2023. Celebrating six years of telling New York's stories. From the Tommy Lynn stage, a magical place not found on any map. This is the update with Brandon Julian, a three-time winner of the Kingsborough Community College Gold Student Service Award. It's anything and everything that you need to know, because anything, truly anything, can happen in New York. Greetings and salutations to you all, folks, every last one of you. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the update on a Wednesday, the first hump day in the month of September for us around here. It is also day two of the most likely three-day heat wave. We continue to say it's the first heat wave of the entire summer, right? As summer technically has come to an end as the kids are about to be back in school tomorrow. It's amazing how things are able to just work out like that, you know? Also, by the way, this is the end of our 12th season for us together. This 12th season lasted the entire summer. And a little later on in the program, we've, uh, well, I've picked together some of the best feel-good stories and jokes over this past season. Uh, We'll get to look back on together. You know, it's uh, a bit nostalgic and also fun. In a way, looking back on those funny moments, like, oh, yeah, (laughs) I remember laughing at this. (laughs) I'm Brandon Julian, of course, folks. We appreciate you so much for being here, wherever you may be, and however personally that you may be listening to us. Lots of news to catch you up on, of course, as per the usual. We are going to begin this Wednesday with the peaks and the valleys continuing in New York City journalism. 
I'll be perfectly honest with you folks, as an up-and-coming journalist in this town, it's been a bit rough over the last couple of uh, last couple of months, I should say. Elise Finch from uh, WCBS TV suddenly passed away. The other day, also, we learned that uh, their longtime health correspondent, Dr. Max Gomez, also passed away after a long illness. Uh, John Rowland, the longtime anchor, of course, over at Fox 5. And now we've learned that Rochelle Boone, the award winning anchor and reporter for New York One, has now died after battling pancreatic cancer over the past year. The station announced that she had died on Sunday. She was only 48 years old. Boone joined the all-news station as a reporter covering the borough of Queens back in 2002 and moved over to the anchor desk hosting uh, News All Day, or at least the news at noon, starting in 2021. After her cancer diagnosis, Boone took a leave in June of last year for a grueling series of chemotherapy treatments. She returned to the anchor desk just this past March, but she announced in July that her cancer had metastasized. Uh, she, of course, will be very deeply missed. On to some of the other news of this Wednesday. And a federal judge in this city has ruled that the evidence, it shows that a company whose aftermarket triggers can make semi-automatic AR-15-style rifles fire like automatic weapons, fraudulently misled consumers that these devices were legal. The judge issued a preliminary injunction barring North Dakota-based rare breed triggers from selling any more of its forced reset triggers until further notice. The ruling came in the government's civil fraud lawsuit, which maintains pending against the company. Government officials, they argue that the company's FRT-15 triggers qualify as illegal machine guns. But Rare Breed says the triggers are legal semi-automatic devices and they will continue to fight the lawsuit. Over at the U.S. Open, a fan was ejected early yesterday morning after German player Alexander Zuriev complained that the man used language from Adolf Hitler's Nazi regime. Zuriev, who was the number 12 seed, was in his fourth set of his match against number 6, Janik Sinner, when he suddenly went to chair umpire James Kiel-Thafong and appointed toward the fan, who was sitting in a section directly behind the umpire. During a changeover shortly thereafter, the fan was identified by spectators that were seated near him and was removed by security. Zuria went on to beat Sinner in five, cents, in five sets and will play the defending champion, Carlos Alcaraz, in the quarterfinals. Let's head down, folks, over to uh, the Jersey Shore. Actually, out of Trenton, <laughs> in Jersey. Where we're talking about the weather. As you know, we only address the weather on this show when the weather is bad. And it kind of is, because there are still two hurricanes uh, hurling off the Atlantic. They're throwing some very strong rip currents our way. Uh, rip current warnings remained in effect as of yesterday from New York to North Carolina. At least eight deaths were reported, and hundreds of other swimmers had to be rescued by the lifeguards that were still on duty over the holiday weekend. 
National Weather Service, they are urging swimmers to use extra caution and only swim, of course, in the areas where lifeguards are present. Officials say the dangerous currents were spawned by the remnants of Franklin and Idalia. At least three deaths they were reported in Jersey, while other water-related deaths were reported in Delaware, New York, North Carolina, and also in Virginia. Meanwhile, as we've been talking about, or at least we mentioned yesterday, the rising heat and humidity over the U.S. Open, it's prompted organizers now to adopt a new policy that allows them to partially close the roofs on the main stadiums. Tournament referee Jake Garner told the AP yesterday that will help spectators and the players with this new policy. The temperature, of course, is top 90 degrees, and the humidity was above 50%. The retractable roof above Arthur Ashe Stadium was partially closed ahead of the men's quarterfinal between Novak Djokovic and Taylor Fritz. The roof on Louis Armstrong Stadium was also pulled part of the way closed after the first set of uh, women's doubles quarterfinal with Magda Lynette and Bernarda Perra against Jennifer Brady and Luisa Stefani. In other news, the NYPD, they've now agreed to establish new protocols intended to safeguard the rights of protesters and reduce the number of officers that respond to most public demonstrations. The settlement agreement was filed in federal court yesterday in order to settle a lawsuit brought by the Attorney General of this state, Tish James, stemming from its response to the Black Lives Matter demonstrations back in 2020. It would require the nation's largest police force police department to deploy fewer, less militarized officers to most uh, public protests. And it would end the NYPD's practice of trapping and arresting large groups of demonstrators, a controversial tactic, of course, known as kettling. The agreement must still be approved by a federal judge. And finally, there are some new limits on Airbnb and the short-term rentals in this city. It's now gone into effect. Officials and housing advocates are pushing, that we're pushing, I should say, for the new rules, say that they're necessary to protect the city's housing stock and to stop apartments from becoming de facto hotels. But Airbnb said that the regulations that took effect yesterday are essentially a ban in a city where it has long had a contentious relationship with the hotel industry and also the city government. The company says that since the 21st of August, it has stopped accepting new short-term reservations from any host who hasn't provided either a city registration number or documentation that it was in process. Anyway, folks, when we return on the update this Wednesday, we have a few important messages to do from the MTA. We're going to talk some sports and how the Mets and the Yankees are both technically, mathematically, still in the wild card chase, but they dealt some serious ground to make up. Uh, Pete Alonso had one of the Mets' five home runs to back Jose Quintana as they routed the last place Nationals. We're going to be looking back at some of the favorite segments we've done over this summer. We literally have them lined up. Can't wait to tell you about it. And then we're going to talk together, of course, the latest nationalness. 
In Washington, the former Proud Boys leader Enrique Tarrio has now been sentenced to 22 years in prison for orchestrating a failed plot to keep the former president in power after he lost, of course, the 2020 presidential election. Gonna talk about this, folks, and a lot more, too, of course, when the updated brain of Julian returns in just a moment. From New York, why would you go anywhere else? This is the update with Brandon Julian, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by End Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. Brandon Julian. Of all the newscasters in New York, I just happen to be one of them. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Keeping an eye on the roads, the rails, and the skies, it's time for Traffic and Weather Together. Beginning August 28th through the first half of 2024, F trains will run on the E line at all times in both directions between Rockefeller Center and Jackson Heights Roosevelt Avenue because of track replacement along the 63rd Street line. On weekdays, M trains will not run between Rockefeller Center and Forest Hills 71st Avenue. M trains will run between 57th Street on the F line and Metropolitan Avenue. A special F shuttle train will run every 20 minutes between Lexington Avenue, 63rd Street, and 21st Street, Queensbridge, stopping at Roosevelt Island. The shuttle train will not run overnight. Free shuttle buses will run between 21st Street, Queensbridge, and Queens Plaza on days and evenings, and between Roosevelt Island, 21st Street, Queensbridge, and Queens Plaza overnight. Beginning June 26th at approximately 6.15 a.m. through the remainder of 2023, 
Seven express trains will run only between 74th Street, Broadway, and Flushing Main Street in both directions because of station enhancement work and escalator replacement. During rush hours, seven express trains will make all local stops between 74th Street, Broadway, and 34th Street, Hudson Yards. Beginning Sunday, February 26th at 5 a.m. until August, Jamaica Center-bound J and Z trains will bypass 75th Street, Elders Lane, and Woodhaven Boulevard because of accessibility and station improvements. Skip-stop service on the Z train will not be running. All trains will make local stops. For alternate service, use the Q56 bus making stops along Jamaica Avenue. Beginning Monday, February 27th, the passageway connecting the 1, 2, 3, F, L, and M trains at 14th Street is closed because of accessibility improvements. If you normally transfer between the 1, 2, 3, F, L, and M trains at 14th Street, 6th Avenue, you still will be able to for free via an out-of-system walking transfer between 6th and 7th Avenue. The New York City Police Department would like to remind you to keep your belongings in sight and to stay aware of your surroundings. If you see something suspicious in the station or on the train, tell a police officer or an MTA employee. MTA crews are here to help us get around. Let's treat them with respect. Assaulting a New York City Transit employee is a felony, punishable by up to seven years in prison. The fare on local, limited, and select bus service is $2.90. Transfers must be requested upon payment of the cash fare. For the S79 select bus service, pay your fare on board the bus. For all other select bus service routes, pay at the kiosks outside and hold your ticket for the duration of your trip for possible inspection. The fare on express buses is $7. Coins are not accepted as a payment on express buses. Now, with the latest scores and highlights, it's time for the sports update. As I have said before, folks, the Mets and the Yankees are both technically, mathematically, in the chase of the wild card as the season is drawing to a close, but uh, <laughs> they have got some serious ground to make up, and they have some serious ground to make up in a hurry. Uh, we'll start in Washington. Mets taking on the last place Nationals in a brief two-game set before they go to Minnesota for three games taken on the Twins. Pete Alonso, he hit his 42nd, yes, 42nd, home run of the year, and Brandon Nimmo, he went deep twice to back a sharp outing from Jose Quintana, and the Mets routed the Nationals 11-5. to 
Francisco Alvarez hit a three-run shot in the first inning. It's his first home run since the 1st of August. No, I'm not making that up either. Francisco Lindor also connected for the Mets. Quintana worked the season-best seven innings. He gave up only his only run, two batters into the game, and he did not allow a hit after the third inning. Patrick Corbin allowed eight runs. That's the most he's allowed this year. Well, failing to make it through five innings for the first time since opening day. The Nationals, they've lost six in a row, matching their worst skid of the season. Meanwhile, it seems like Carlo, Car- Carlo Carrasco's uh, season, and also time as a Met, most likely, is now over. He broke his right pinky in a weightlifting accident. Buck Showalter met manager to tell the injury before the game yesterday. Showalter says that Carrasco was lifting weights before the game on Sunday against the Mariners when he set down a 50-pound dumbbell and it flipped over, landing on his pinky. The 36-year-old had surgery on the same day to set the bone and a follow-up procedure yesterday to insert a pin. Uh, Carrasco went 3-8 and eight with a 6.80 ERA and 20 starts for the underachieving Mets. That 6.80 ERA, by the way, that's the worst ERA with a minimum of 20 starts in the majors so far this season. But you didn't know that before. I'm learning a lot these days. <laughs> Meanwhile, up in the Bronx, the Yankees taking on the Detroit Tigers, who they just saw not that long ago. Milestone for Giancarlo Stanton, his 400th career home run. The fastest to reach. The fourth fastest. The fourth fastest to reach it, I should say. <laughs> Garrett Cole, he burnished his Cy Young Award credentials, and the Yanks beat the Tigers 5-1. DJ LeMahieu hit his second leadoff home run in the last four games, and Glaber Torres had a two-run double for the last place Yanks, who have won four in a row and seven of their last eight to get back to 500 for the first time since the 15th of August. Stan is his two-run homer off of reliever Jose Cisnero, there we go. <laughs> Broke a one all time in the sixth. The slugger reached 400 homers in 1,520 career games. The fourth fastest in Major League history behind Mark McGuire, Babe Ruth, and Alex Rodriguez. But as we've said time and time again, it's not all peaches and cream for the Bombers. Anthony Rizzo is going to miss the remainder of the season with post concussion syndrome. Yankee manager Aaron Boone says that Rizzo is doing well and showing improvement, but hasn't been cleared to play and is still scheduled for another checkup in a couple of weeks. With the Yanks in last place and only 25 games to go in the regular season, the team has decided to shut him down. Rizzo was placed on the injured list, you may remember, back on August 3rd, more than two months after he was hurt back on May 28th, after he collided with... um, Fernando Tatis Jr. of the Padres, when the Padres were visiting the Yanks at the stadium, on a pickoff play. Rizzo, he passed MLB's concussion testing at the time, and uh, the Yanks initially said that he had a stiff neck. But after an extended slump at the plate, neurological testing resulted cognitive impairment, which is never good. Now, folks, on the uh, when we return, I should say, on the update this Wednesday, we're looking back at some of the best uh, lighthearted segments we've done this summer. Some interesting stories, a bunch of laughs. It'll be fun to look at as we prepare to transition into a new season. 
And then we're going to talk together, of course, the latest national news. Former White House aide Gabe Amo has come out on top in a crowded Democratic primary for Rhode Island's first congressional district in the special election, beating out a slew of fellow candidates to move on to the general election in the heavily Democratic state. Going to talk about this, folks, and a lot more, too, of course, but first, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we do have to inform you about the following. Where does the time go? I personally really hope I didn't write that line. (laughs) Well, it turns out maybe I actually did. Time continues to move forward, but looking back on the past is always important. It's how we grow as people. Plus, of course, you always have those times when you're like, Oh yeah, I remember that from way back when. Well, that's what we have for you on the update every weekend. And on the select periods, too. Uh, my producers look for any excuse to hold a party, and that's what we have for you, digging into our archives every weekend, playing you the best episodes from our previous years of the update. And every once in a while, we cram the best of an entire year of the update into one episode for your listening convenience. And if you don't know we're having a party, you will after you hear this soundbite declaring that we're having a big party. (laughs) So every weekend, listen to the archives of the update to see what you remember from when that episode aired. And of course, be on the lookout for the best of particular years of the update every so often. Keep listening on the weekends and every now and again, because it'll be a party that you personally will never forget. Unless, of course, you can't actually remember it from, you know, the night before. (laughs) Now, the update of Brain and Joy, it'll be right back after, of course, these messages. And uh, my producers actually left some uh, gifts for me under the sofa behind the set. How nice of them, actually. Excuse me. From New York, it's 10 o'clock. Do you know where your husband is? This is the update with Brandon Julia, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, I'm Ryan Blaney, a third generation race car driver, and we dedicate a lot of our time to going as fast as possible. My grandpa Lou is the reason why my dad and I started racing, and I'm really proud to follow on his tracks. But when my grandpa was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, it was a very unexpected bump in the road for us. I've learned a lot on this journey with my grandpa Lou, and the memories of my grandpa will always be with me. It's important to notice if older family members are acting differently, experiencing problems with their memory, or having trouble with routine tasks. Talking about Alzheimer's can be really tough, but if you notice something, have a conversation with your loved one. Encourage them to see a doctor or offer to go with them. Early detection of Alzheimer's can give your family time to explore support services, make a plan for the future, and access available treatments. The Alzheimer's Association provides care, support, and research to help you take control of the situation with your family and manage the disease together. If you or your family are noticing changes, it could be Alzheimer's. Talk about seeing a doctor together. Visit alz.org slash time to talk, a message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Brandon Julian. 
Bajan Common Sense. Bajan Common Sense. Does anybody know if there's any common sense left in the room? This is the update with Brandon Julian. <clears throat> Indeed. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Indeed it is, folks. Welcome back to the update, Brandon Julian, on a Wednesday, everyone. First hump day in the month of September. Breath around here, of course. Thank you so much for still being here with us as the uh, Big Apple apparently becomes the Baked Apple <laughs> as we continue to be, of course, in the midst of uh, a heat wave, the first one of the year, as a matter of fact. You know, as we end this season together, we've had a lot of good stories to talk about, lots of honorable mentions, lots of feel-good, uh, lots of feel-good stories. So uh, instead of picking through, we decided uh, to just pile, compile, I should say, <laughs> uh, some of the best ones that we had and uh, just put them in a whole bunch for you to listen to as this current season comes to a close. Thanks for being a uh, proud listener for all these seasons. And fear not, we have still have better stories and uh, new feel-good stories and curious ones, too, to talk about in the next season, which we will start tomorrow. But for right now, sit back, enjoy. And by the way, as a matter of disclosure, I know in these segments, I'll probably end it by saying national news is next for us, because it was the next segment in these episodes. But you will tell actually when national news is next for us, because there will be uh, a soundbite that transitions into a PSA. (laughs) That's how we'll be able to differentiate from all the different segments. But yeah, like I said, thanks for being a big supporter this season, and we have lots of new surprises coming for you in the next season as well. But I will say, after all these other sec- these other pieces, national news, it will be next for us around here, of course, when the update of Brandon Julian returns right after all this. <laughs> Indeed, it is, folks. Welcome back to the update of Brandon Julian on a Tuesday, everyone. Thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us. You know, in this ever-changing world of love and relationships, uh, and as, admittedly, a person that does not exactly know how to cook, and my parents get on my case about that every single day. They're like, why don't you know how to cook? You know, as a person your age, you should know how to cook. I'm like, well, first of all... (laughs) I'm either at work day week. So, you know, cooking is not exactly on the higher level of my, uh, you know, the private scale. Ooh, excuse me. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> but yes, even admittedly, a person like me should know how to cook at uh, this day and age. And if you can find a partner that knows how to cook, you should take all the notes you possibly can from them, like you're about to host your own cooking show. <laughs> in fact, that's what my that's what my wife told me that I have to. That's my challenge in the summer. She literally gave me a list of things, like from beginning, from like beginner stuff, and then like working your way up, that I should try to make for her by the time the summer is over. And truthfully, I think that's a pretty decent challenge. To, you know, that's a pretty decent challenge to, uh, to have. 
and uh, I'm ready for said challenge. Uh, whatever course that might be. <laughs> but there is one person out there. Uh, the internet is really fed up. And that's because a woman who went viral for catering to her husband's picky eating habits, making him nachos after he refused her home-cooked meal, has social media all sorts of fired up. Commodore said basically he can eat or he can starve. The video that was posted by creator the Mama Brianna and viewed over one and a half million times shows Brianna in the kitchen with the caption, quote, my husband didn't eat the dinner that I made, so let's make him some nachos. If I don't feed him, he literally won't eat. This used to irritate me. Now I just blame his mother for never making him try salmon. By the end of the video, she's seen carrying out the plate of melted cheese-covered chips to her husband who was sitting on their couch. And the clip, well, let's say it triggered a huge fight on social media. Uh, <laughs> one person wrote, he is an adult. Time to stop blaming mommy. Another person at everybody's mom 07 child chided, quote, sorry, my inner beast will come out and say, then go ahead and starve. The lack of appreciation for the home-cooked meal at other commenters on the edge as well. The user at alt e m Alt-I-M-M-5 wrote, If my man uh, refused to eat a dinner, I made him. I'd never cook for him again. Uh, <laughs> others took an anti-enabling approach. Uh, at Danny Voiny questioned, Well, girl, why didn't he make the nachos himself? Another simply suggested, Make him eat the salmon. Brianna, though, seemed to take the high road, captioning her post, quote, Moral of the story, always serve your kids all the food, even if they don't like it after the first time. 25 years from now, your child's spouse will thank you. <laughs> I don't know about you, I think that's a real sick burn. And also the general friendly reminder that I should probably get in the kitchen and start cooking. <laughs> Which I might do after this show. But not right now. Indeed, it is, folks. Welcome back to the update with Brandon Julian on a Friday, everyone. TGIF to all of you out there. Thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us. Many people preparing to get out of town for the first weekend of the month. Hopefully, you get to your destination safely if you're one of those people who are traveling. Uh, here I am, folks. I've been the host of this program, this little thing, this little, <laughs> this little thing. I've been the host of this little radio show that started at WKRB as the update. Now, of course, it's grown into podcast. I've been the host of this show now. This is my seventh year as the host of this program. And every day, there have been lots of things that have happened on this program. A lot of which, as I continue to say, has been very, very difficult to process. However, there have been some chance encounters out there. From the most recent being before this, I think, is when I, went, when I met my wife. 
But if I had to rank chance encounters, I'd have to put this at a very close second. Maybe even tying the first. It'll never top when I met my wife. I'm sorry. I love you, dear. <laughs> so uh, let me set the scene for you. Um, after yesterday's program, I went to go see my wife. And after we had done training for summer camp as well. I was going to drop off some stuff because, you know, Mother Nature has not been kind to us. At least so far. <laughs> so I was going to drop off some stuff. I usually go through the Whitehall Ferry Terminal in Manhattan to get across to Staten Island because she doesn't live that far from the other side of the terminal. Occasionally, if, you know, if the ferry is fucked up for some reason, I'll go to the NYC Ferry and then just take a bus from there. Anyway, I'm going through this, the Whitehall Ferry Terminal to wait for the ferry. And... Uh, who is there for, I believe it's Traffic Safety Awareness Week, than the Adams administration? I recognize a lot of their faces because, hello, I watch the news on TV. <laughs> so I'm quite used to seeing their faces a lot. But little did I expect to see was the mayor of New York City himself. That's right. It was Mayor Eric Adams himself was there in the flesh, wearing a hat. And this is what makes him really cool, by the way. You know, you can be able to tell him apart because he literally was wearing a cap that said NYC on it. You stay classy, New York. <laughs> but yeah, members of the public, they were just walking up to him with his administration and taking photos with him. And I am like, you know, as a host of this program, I cannot pass up an opportunity <laughs> like that. So I had a box of pizza. I had, a, you know, pizza and uh, such with me. I asked one of the people in the administration if they could just kindly hold my belongings <laughs> while I get myself, while I take this photograph. So they politely did. One of the people was able to get a couple of pictures. I instantly sent it to the group chat that we have for work. I instantly told my wife while I was all on the way over, like, honey, honey, honey. <laughs> Guess I took a photo with And I sent her the picture. And she's like, first of all, she was confused. She was like, who is that? I'm like, that's the mayor of New York, dear. That's Eric Adams. And she's like, oh, like, oh, that's cool. And I admit, it is, and it was really cool. Probably on the top five of the coolest things I've ever done in the history of this program. And it truly is a day. Well, like I said, instead, the other, <laughs> the other time will be when I met my dear wife. So, love you, dear. Nothing will ever top the day that I met you. And everyone's just listening to this like, he's being so modest right now. <laughs> I mean, that's what, I, that's what I have to do. I have to hide my modesty, even if it is just a little bit. What I don't have to be modest about is that national... Indeed. Welcome back to the Update Brain and Julian on a Thursday, everyone. Thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us as we officially hit the halfway point. 
in the month of June. Can you believe that? Uh, summer, weather-wise speaking, according to the meteorologists, it'll be here right before you even know it. And of course, everybody's very excited at that. I believe people are getting ready for the Puerto Rican Day Parade and such. The Pride March is going to be the week after. Lots of big stuff coming up in the greatest city in the world. And I'm not and I'm not telling you people an opinion. I'm telling you that's a fact. That's a Disney fact. <laughs> anyway, folks, if you drink Starbucks, and personally speaking, I have never had a Starbucks coffee in my entire life, even though I see the cups at Target constantly, and I constantly think about buying one of them. <laughs> even, though, even though I'm not even a coffee drinker. Uh, but if you are a fan of Starbucks, and you do drink it more often than I do, <laughs> you're about to spend even more bucks at the popular coffee chain. Uh, the fast food company started charging customers an extra dollar if they ask for no water in their popular fruity refreshers drinks. And uh, let's just say that the fans... Let's just say that the fans, they are uh, not too happy about this. A Starbucks rep told the New York Post that the customization uses more refresher base, therefore leading to a price hike because of the additional liquid that's being used. A statement provided by the company read, Starting on May 9th, there will be an additional cost of $1 for Starbucks refreshers and beverages customized with no water, as this customization requires extra ingredients. You see, this uh, icy beverage is concocted by using tropical juices, dried fruit inclusions, water, lemonade, and sometimes coconut milk. Uh, the Starbucks' response to the post continued on, saying, quote, This change allows us to provide a more consistent approach to customization, similar to other beverage customizations, such as adding an, adding an espresso shot or syrup, which incur an additional charge. Starbucks refreshers beverages can still be customized with light or no ice, free of charge. Meanwhile, this recent new change is causing a frenzy among the Starbucks employees as they are worried about possibly irate customers. Several workers, they told Insider that they are afraid of the backlash they may receive from customers. And as for the caffeinated sippers themselves, well, they took to social media to discuss how they felt about the change. One person on TikTok, a Starbucks fan named Raya, shared a viral video in which she mentioned said price increase. The clip had garnered many comments from angry customers, with one noting, quote, a company this big worth billions of dollars and still being greedy AF, SMH. Another tired sipper chimed in, quote, I'm so over this. The drinks are so overpriced already. I don't even know how much Starbucks drinks in the cost, but uh, I would like to know that. If there was a comment section, I would say, tell me about it in the comments, folks. <laughs> Another person added, I won't be getting my pink drinks if I have to pay a dollar for light ice. Like they already charged dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign for three sips. Another person groaned, refreshers are the only thing that can keep me besides cups, but I guess I'll be done with them. Another TikToker commented, 
for yes, this is true, but don't get upset with us baristas because it's not our fault. One alleged worker warned. I don't think I'll be ordering from there anymore. Um, this another person said that. I don't think I'll be ordering from there anymore. I buy two refreshers at a time, so they just lost my business for this. I'm so disappointed with them. Uh, the New York Post themselves, the people that wrote the article, they reached out to Starbucks for comment. And of course, Starbucks, they recently caught flack for their new olive oil-infused coffee drinks. What the hell is even that? The new Oletto line includes a cafe latte, ice cortado, golden foam cold brew, Oletto deconstructed, and golden foam espresso martini. I tell you what, folks. I have a college education. I have no idea what some of these words even mean. <laughs> However, these offerings have been apparently grossing people out and have been causing stomach issues. In a Starbucks subreddit titled a, a sub excuse me, let me try that again. <laughs> In a Starbucks subreddit thread titled Olive Oil Drinks, customers gave their honest reviews on the product. One user wrote, I wanted to throw up after drinking it. While another added, I've tried them, and TBH, after drinking them, honestly, they felt just sick to my stomach, low-key. Well, maybe that's what you deserve, and that's what happens when you try to mix olive oil and coffee. Two things that do not even remotely go together. But then again, what do I even know? I don't work for the Food Network. <laughs> Maybe one of those people on the Food Network will come out and just say that it's great. I don't know. By the way, speaking of Food Network, you ever notice you watch the Food Network or the Cooking Channel more when you're hungry? I mean, really, if you think about it, when you're full, you're like, well, this is stupid. But when you're hungry, it's almost like porn almost. It's like, oh, Whip that whipped cream, baby. Again, I don't really even have a transition from some of these stories, so I'll just... Indeed, it is, folks. To the update for Julian on a Thursday. With us on another day where it's hazy, it's hot, the temperature feels like it's 100 degrees... And uh, the beat goes on in the summertime, you know, as they say. And there's not much really more you can do about complaining about it this way at this point. You just gotta, as they sell, as they famously say, <laughs> you just gotta make well and uh, keep carrying on. Exactly what you gotta do. Uh, <laughs> According to one fashionista, because, well, let's face it, this world is all about uh, fashion these days. Like, I don't particularly care, I don't particularly care about fashion, at least personally, all that, all that much. I know my wife does, and she makes a really, a really big deal about fashion. So I'll give her more credit on, credit on that. Like, you gotta wear this, you gotta wear that. Why can't I just put on some clothes that just covered my body? You know, I look the same 
if I'm in a t-shirt or, in a, or if I'm in a tux. I still look like somebody that, you know, that eats fast food. You know, fashion. That's why they have all those, those the um, Victoria's Secret fashion show. You get those people walking down the runway like they're, they're just going, like teenagers going to the kitchen trying to look for food. <laughs> But no, at least according to one fashionista, your favorite outfit, it made me send a message. An elegance coach has revealed the six things to avoid if you don't want to look, quote, cheap. And it may actually surprise you. In a clip that's been viewed nearly one and a half million times, the elegance coach, who posts under the, under the username, at FemCheatInspo, Fem shared her tricks to achieving a sophisticated look. To start, she recommends avoiding crop tops, no matter how fashionable they might be. The coach also suggests avoiding ripped jeans and cargo pants if you're seeking a graceful outfit. Her other tips include avoiding extra-long fake nails, no matter how polished they are. And although an oversized look is a favorite for many, the, ele- the elegance coach claims that a sweatsuit is a surefire way to look, quote, cheap. Although the TikToker claims to be a, quote, guide for elegant women, uh, many disagreed with her tips. One TikToker snarked, elegant women don't judge. Another said they don't look cheap. Everyone has their own style. Um, Another laughed, um, six things that look cheap and then shows pictures of the richest women, to which the TikToker replied, still looks cheap. <laughs> this is not the first time, though, somebody has taken to social media with a guide of how exactly how it should be elegant. Last year, London's Anna Bay compiled a list of things that elegant women never do in a YouTube video. Uh, according to Bay, avoid doing the following to uphold your elegance. Number one, don't be rude. Two, don't touch your empty plate. Three, don't bring your coat to the table. Four, don't leave the table mid-meal. Five, don't speak loudly in public places. Six, don't gawk at others. Seven, don't chew gum in public. Eight, don't get too comfortable. Nine, don't make excuses. And ten, don't carry a large bag. Well, you see, I don't know if my wife would be considered elegant because already she she <laughs> she does some of the things that are on this list here. I'm not going to get into the specifics of what because I personally would like to live. <laughs> so what I will say is that um, national news. It is next for us around here, of course, as per the huge. <laughs> I like that I try to sound cool. Uh, when the update with Brain and Julian continues. Yeah, many people do go on cruise ships in the summer. You know, you have the fancy people that just want to travel, travel the world. And then you have others that are just traveling to get to a very specific destination. Well, 
Have you people ever thought about taking a ride on the world's largest cruise ship? It's set to launch in January, and no doubt it's been labeled a monstrosity, with critics comparing it to have the same buzz as the Titanic did on its maiden voyage. And I'm not sure you want to have a comparison to, you know, the Titanic. <laughs> Known as the icon of the seas under Royal Caribbean International, this new ship is five times larger than the Titanic, with an internal, run, internal volume of 250,800 gigatons, compared to the 46,328 gigatons. Tell you people right now, I have no idea what gigatones even are, and I have a college degree. The online critics, they've been quick to point out how the ship, over the top in its nature, doesn't mean that bigger is better. One person tweeted in response to a photo of this new cruise ship, quote, as visions of hell go, that's pretty much the most hellish. While another tweeted, I'm sorry, but this is a nightmare. Another wrote, every time I see a picture of the icon of the seas cruise ship, I am filled with an intense dread. Another person tweeted, for a second I was like, no, the icon of the seas is not real. It can't hurt you because some wacky giant cruise ship seasteading scheme goes viral every 10 months. But I looked it up, and it turns out they actually built this one. Uh, for the company, however, this takes travel to an entirely new level. Royal Caribbean International President and Chief Executive Michael Bailey said in a statement, quote, We are positioning it as the ultimate family vacation. And when you step back and look at all the energy and time that has gone into creating this ship, it is mind-blowing. Uh, <laughs> the ship, uh, that said, the ship comes with every feature that you could possibly imagine. It will have seven pools, nine whirlpools, and the largest water park at sea. The water park is named Category 6 after its record-breaking six slides. One of the slides includes the tallest water slide to sail. And another slide is an open free-fall water slide, the first of its kind on an actual cruise ship. Currently, the cheapest ticket is priced at $1,851 for an interior room on a seven-night cruise from Miami to the Western Caribbean next year. Next September, actually. The most expensive is a little near $11,000 for a suite on the same cruise in March. The, the ship also offers a seven-day trip to the eastern end of the balmy Caribbean. <laughs> As for the technical specifics, the boat is equipped with 17 lifeboats with a capacity for up to 450 people, meaning it has room for a little near 7,700 people, despite capacity for nearly 8,000. Specifically, it holds up to some uh, nearly 5,610 passengers and 2,350 crew across 19 floors the height alone comparable to a building here in New York City. The vessel completed its first set of tests on the 22nd of June. At least that's according to a company statement. Uh, the statement said, quote, during her first set of sea trials, 
Icon of the Seas travel hundreds of miles, during which the main brakes haul the main engines, I should say, the hull, brake systems, steering, noise, and vibration levels were all tested. Everything was done on time, as outlined in the schedule, despite her departure being delayed due to wind conditions. Uh, Royal Caribbean, which did not immediately respond to a request for comment on the recent online criticism, they say a second set of sea trials is scheduled for later on this year. And beyond that, there are more opportunities to look forward to. The cruise ship will also offer passengers more than 40 ways to dine, drink, and be entertained. Icon of the Seas will also boast a rock climbing wall, Royal Caribbean's first food hall, a beach-themed carousel, an arcade, and a mini golf course, meaning that passengers while sailing through the open seas may never feel bored. There are 28 different types of accommodations. There's more categories for families, uh, more layouts with ocean views, and more space for group travelers. The cruise line says it's the longest time frame it's ever dedicated to, quote, designing the perfect home base. But despite the negative comments, that hasn't kept the optimistic, optimistic uh, cruisers from lining up. Uh, Bailey described Icon of the Seas during the company's quarterly financial results as, quote, literally the best performing new product launch we've ever had. It's already sold out in January, the first month, of course, of its new launch. I know about you, but that's what some people would call successful. Now, personally, I've never been on a cruise ship, but uh, maybe I'll go on one that is not described like the Titanic. <laughs> National news. It's next for us around here, of course, when the update with Brandon Juliet on this Storm of Friday continues. Indeed, it is, folks. Welcome back to the update with Brandon Julian on a Friday, everyone. TGIF to all of you out there as we brave again another day in the muck and mire, the heat and the humidity, the real feels anywhere from 100 to 110 depending on where you go. But this weekend, well, after Saturday, the heat is going to break in what it feels like it's been endless heat all summer long. And we're going to have a nice stretch of cool weather. Temperatures in the 70s or the 80s, lows in the 60s at night. Might have to break out the hoodies before sleepaway camp in August. Yes, I mentioned it, a sleepaway camp right down the road for... Uh, for me, I always say these same jokes every year about camping. Like, this is an organization, the people I I work with, this is an organization that likes to camp, and occasionally now, because of my wife, I am what you call indoorsy. <laughs> and not even sleepaway camp aside, I just don't understand uh, why we take people to go camping. You know, for other people, it's like, hey, you want to spend a couple of your vacation days sleeping on the ground outside? Um, no. What if I get to tell you you get to crap standing up in the woods? I still wouldn't want to go. You wake up freezing covered in a rash. All right, I'll go. <laughs> you know, um, this, it always like camping is a tradition in our family. Hey, don't you think it was a tradition in everybody's family until we came up with the house? 
my mother never took me camping when I was younger. <laughs> Some people would say because she loved me. <laughs> but I mean, it's, I mean, for us, we get to camp for free and that's great because you know there are other places that you actually have to pay to camp. You actually have to pay to sleep on the ground outside. That's got to be offensive, though, to the homeless people. <laughs> How much is this? I live out here. That must be really expensive. Sometimes, you know, you'll see the Winnebago. That's kind of cheating, though, isn't it? Oh, that's what I forgot in my house. And if you've been camping long enough, like I have over the last several years, you know there are a couple of people that have just been camping for way too long. They have the folding chairs, the Christmas lights out in July. We'd love to have you for dinner. I'm, uh, I'm sure you would. Now, how do I seemingly get a padlock on my tent so we don't turn them on pot dolmer? Like happy camper. Does anybody even really use the term happy camper? Because when we say it, of course, we say it sarcastically. Like, he is not a happy camper. Like, why don't we just call him a camper? You know, he's miserable. You know, in other places, you know who's the happiest? The guy actually leaving the campsite. He's the happiest camper. He actually gets to go home and take a shower. But yes, Sleepaway Camp down the road from now. As we uh, Tuesday will be in August. That means two-thirds of this year will actually be done. Like, where is the time going? Like, seriously. Uh, speaking of time, uh, this uh, one person is wishing that they could have some more time. The biggest ski resort in Australia, they've confirmed that a lost phone that gained social media attention for having an interesting list of life goals as its wallpaper. It's now been reunited with its owner, despite Aussie speculating that no one would actually own up to it. A photo of the phone, which was located, uh, quote, halfway down Front Valley at Peshier in New South Wales, which is the snowy mountains of Australia, was posted on Facebook by a person who found it and giving fellow skiers a good laugh. One even declared it the, quote, post of the season. The lock screen picture on this lost phone contained eight bullet points with goals that the phone owner allegedly wanted to achieve. From getting good marks at university, to getting a motorbike, not getting a haircut for three months, and getting jacked, and jacked in quotes, at a Pacific 87, I'm guessing that's kilograms. Uh, while some Aussies uh, joked that they would be too embarrassed to admit the phone was theirs, uh, Pershier told news.com.au that the owner was happy to claim it. Uh, Pershier's ski resort marketing manager, Matty Ventura, said, quote, Fortunately, we were able to return the phone to its rightful owner, and we wish this guest the best, all the best, for achieving his goals. While we don't know the guest's reaction to the, the virality, that's not even a word. <laughs> Let's try it again with language we actually do understand. <laughs> While we don't know the guest's reaction to the a reaction of this phone going viral, we can confirm he was just happy to be reunited with his phone. 
Just a reminder to hold on your belongings on the slopes. Uh, the goals list, which was first published on the Facebook group, Persier Snow Lovers Baffled Snow Enthusiasts. The full list read, and I quote here, Number one, get jacked and be at 87 kilograms. I don't know what this, um, I don't know what that is in terms of American units, because I spend my time wisely. <laughs> Number two, quit all nicotine. Uh, three, have $25,000 in my bank account. Four, have a motorbike. Five, get better at fighting. Six, get good marks at uni. Seven, have three girls on the roster. And eight, don't get a haircut for three months. Uh, one person predicted, quote, no one will want to own up to owning this phone. Another said, quote, I'd be almost embarrassed to claim the lost phone. Almost. Uh, one teased, 25,000 and three girls on the roster. LOL, tell him he's dreaming. The top comment read, three girls on the roster? You sure do want to get better at fighting. <laughs> one person warned, whoever claims this, girls, run. Um, others applauded the phone owner for their goals. One person commenting, quote, they are phenomenal goals. Nothing to be embarrassed about here. Another said, oh, to be young again, to have such life goals. Uh, the team at Pershier decided to make their own list in response, swapping uh, quitting nicotine for quitting tobogganing and not getting a haircut uh, to not getting a Google tan. Ms. Ventura said, quote, it's always nice to have goals, so we were inspired to create our own here at Pershier. There's nothing like shredding with the girls on a bluebird day. We've had a lot lately. Uh, Pershier's list, uh, which they came up with, was one, get jacked and prep for slush cup. I, uh, I don't know. I don't know what slush cup is, but uh, do not Google it. <laughs> Number two, as I just said, quit tobogganing. Number three, have $25,000 in mountain money. Number four, have Subaru. Number five, getting better at terrain park. Number six, get good, get good score at Pershier Park Showdown. Number seven, have three girls to shred with. Hashtag, yeah, the girls. And number eight, don't get a Google tan for three months, SBF, every day. I don't know what the reaction to this is, but like I said, do not Google slush cup. Just do not do it. Yeah, don't do it. <laughs> National news, it's next for us around here, of course, when the update with Brandon Julian in the air conditioning continues. From New York, try our delicious free tap water. This is The Update with Brandon Julian, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Sometimes I just cannot believe all the storms we've gone through here. I can only hope that we'll be able to leave this house to you one day, baby. You're our legacy. Planning for these disasters will make sure we're safe. And it's the best way to protect that legacy. You know what? We should make an emergency communication plan. That way we're ready this year. At my dorm, we have emergency kits for 
earthquakes and wildfires, but I'm sure there's something more local I can send you with the link. Okay, smart. Protect your legacy. Visit ready.gov forward slash plan for the tools and tips you need to start your emergency preparedness plan today. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. From New York, rated MA for language, violence, and sexual activity. This is the update with Brandon Julia. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to the update with Brandon Julian on a Wednesday, everyone. The first hump day in the month of September for us around here. Thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us. Uh, let us talk together right now, of course, the latest national news. And we're going to begin, of course, in Washington, where former Proud Boys leader Enrique Tarrio has now been sentenced to 22 years in prison for orchestrating that failed plot to keep the former president in power after he lost the 2020 presidential election. Yesterday's sentencing capped one of the most significant prosecutions over the insurrection at the Capitol. Uh, Tario's sentence is the longest so far. More than 1,100 uh, Oath Keepers found with Rhodes and former Proud leader, Proud Boys leader, uh, Nathan Nor Ethan Norton, they each received 18 years for their convictions. Tario's defense attorneys asked for no more than 15 years had told reporters after the hearing that they do plan to appeal. In other news, former White House aide Gabe Amo has now come out on top in a crowded Democratic primary for Rhode Island's first congressional district special election, beating out a slew of fellow candidates to move on to the general election in the heavily Democratic state. Amo is hoping to succeed former Representative at David Ciciline, who stepped down earlier this summer to become the president of the Rhode Island Foundation. Amo grew up in Pawtucket, the son of Ghanaian and Liberian immigrants, and will be the first black candidate to be elected to the House from Rhode Island. If elected, Amo said that he would fight to ban assault-style weapons. Out in the American West, in Reno, Nevada, the traffic jam leaving Burning Man has now eased up considerably as the exodus from the mud cake desert entered a second day following the massive rain that left tens of thousands of partygoers stranded there for days. An unusual late summer storm turned the week-long fest into a sloppy mess, with tens of thousands stuck in foot-deep mud and no working toilets, worst of all. The gathering in the Black Rock Desert, north of Reno, attracts nearly 80,000 artists, musicians, and activists for a mix of wilderness camping and avant-garde performances. More than a half inch of rain had fallen at the festival site on Friday. At least one death was reported, but festival organizers say, of course, that it wasn't weather-related. And back in Washington... 
Justice Department Special Counsel Jack Smith is now warning that the former president's daily statements risk tainting the jury pool in the criminal case, charging him with scheming to overturn the results of the 2020 election. Trump's provocative comments about both Smith's team and U.S. District Judge Tanya Chutkan have been a central issue since the indictment was filed last month. The latest complaint from the Justice Department underscores the extent to which Trump's social media attacks are testing the patience of prosecutors and risk exposing him to sanctions from the judge. There is more national news for us to discuss, and we will address those, of course, when the update Brandon Julian returns in just 60 seconds. Don't you wish your life came with a warning app? Stop. That dog does not want to be petted. <laughs> just a little heads up before something bad happens. Move your coffee cup away from your computer. Oh, no, 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 no. So you can have more control. Stop. You're texting your boss by mistake. Uh-oh. Well, life doesn't always give you time to change the outcome, but pre-diabetes does. With early diagnosis and a few healthy changes like managing your weight, getting active, stopping smoking, and eating healthier, you can stop pre-diabetes before it leads to type 2 diabetes. It's easy to learn your risk. Take the one-minute test today at doihaveprediabetes.org. Warning, the cap is loose on that catch-up. Ugh. Don't wait. You have the power to change the outcome. Visit doihaveprediabetes.org today. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. Welcome back to the update with Brandon Julian on a Wednesday, everyone. First hump day in the month of September for us around here. Thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us as we bring this current season to a close. We're talking together right now, of course, the latest national news. And the Capitol physician says that 81-year-old, the Senate Republican leader, Mitch McConnell, his latest health episode showed no evidence of a stroke or a seizure disorder. McConnell's office released the information yesterday as he returned to work at the Capitol. The questions, though, are continuing to mount over his health. McConnell, of course, froze up last week during a press conference in Kentucky, the second such episode in the last few weeks. Uh, McConnell himself made the only passing reference to his health in public remarks yesterday and answered no questions from the press. The situation has fueled speculation about his ability to remain the leader. He fell and hit his head at a dinner in Washington earlier this year, and he sustained a concussion. In other news, we're going to go down to the heart of Texas, out of Austin, where the impeachment of the Attorney General there, Ken Paxton, that could lead to his permanent removal from office, is now officially underway. The embattled Republican, one of the former president's biggest defenders, of course, entered the uh, state Senate yesterday to face the accusations of bribery and corruption. He did not stick around the entire first day. He sat at the defense table in the morning, but did not return for after lunch for the opening statements. It isn't clear when or whether if uh, he will actually return. The, uh, the fate of the 60-year-old Republican is now in the hands of the GOP-dominated Senate. Paxton, of course, has decried the impeachment as, quote, a politically motivated sham, and says that he expects to be acquitted. 
Back in Washington, a new book about the president, Joe Biden, portrays him as someone whose middle-class upbringing helped foster a resentment of intellectual elitism that shaped his political career and sometimes caused strain with his one-time boss, Harvard-educated Barack Obama. According to the book, The Last Politician, Biden left, uh, Biden, excuse me, Biden felt that Obama couldn't even curse properly. The book says that, wa- that while serving as vice president, Biden told a friend that Obama didn't deliver the F word with, quote, the right elong- elongation of vowels and the necessary hardness of the continents. The book also provides details on Vice President Harris and the chaotic U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan. And finally, well, this will actually happen in a couple of weeks, the, uh, <laughs> the actual start of fall on the calendar. Now we just need the temperatures to match. But we all know that Hollywood is still at a standstill. The actors and the screenwriters are in a dual strike. The film sets are dark. But the movies are still coming. Or at least I should say most of them. Even if that means some potentially solitary uh, red carpet walks. Uh, up until now, the ongoing stalemate has had a modest effect on the late summer movie releases. But now that the strikes have rounded Labor Day with no end in sight, much of the high season of Hollywood is now imperiled. Much of them is still in flux. Taylor Swift is in, and Dune is out. The ongoing actors and screenwriter strikes are casting a pall over the fall movie season, but a parade of awards contenders and autumn blockbusters are still on the way. Nonetheless, I'm going to let you guys ponder on this. As we say, in the words of Walter Cronkite, that's the way it is. Wednesday, September the 6th, 2023. That is the update on this Wednesday. I'm Brandon Julian. We appreciate you being here with us. We're going to give you the details of the best of year three when we start the new season uh, tomorrow. Join us tomorrow also when the show will sound, well, (laughs) the show will mostly be the same, but just sound a little bit different. Uh, So until the next time we meet again, in the words, of course, of Roger Grimsby and Bill Butel, hopefully that you are news folks, it will be good news. I thank you very much for joining me. Good luck, be safe, and most importantly, folks, please be well. New season starts tomorrow. New sounds, same news that you come to expect and trust from us let's talk about that and a lot more too of course folks when i see you for a brand new season of the update starting tomorrow see you then